Welcome into Smooth Operators with your hosts, Noah, Griggs, and Ben, going through the world of Formula One. If you want to interact with the show today, you can tweet at us at Noah underscore Phillips, at Junior underscore McClurkin, and at the Griggs B. It's time for the green flag, and it's lights out, and away we go. Hello and welcome into the Bradley Basin studio inside the Melton Student Center. My name is Noah Phillips. I'm joined by Ben McClurkin on my right. What's up, Lo- everybody? Logan's also here. He might not talk a lot, but, you know, we have him here just in case because me and Ben's good friend, Gr- Griggs Blankenberg, is not here today. But he gets to talk to an Auburn sports legend, the man himself, K.D. Johnson, the human highlight reel, the uh, baller on both ends of the court. Uh, we love KD, and shout-out to Griggs for getting to talk to him. Also, um, I have another shout-out to a fellow F1 fan that we met watch after watching the uh, Mexican Grand Prix. Um, yeah, so – where is it? Yes, shout-out to – oh, my gosh. What's his name, man? Well, either way, I'm we're blanking. Gonna- We're going to dive into the world of Formula One today, ladies and gentlemen. Normally, Griggs does the important setup stuff. Today, it's me. Shout out, Brent. Yeah. Shout out, Brent. (laughs) But, but Ben, first and foremost, we got to recap this Mexico Grand Prix that happened this past Sunday. Yes, we do. Starting off in P11, looking outside and in, Pierre Gasly finished 11th just outside of the points. Vatry Bottas got one point in 10th. Lando Norris finished ninth for two points. Esteban Ocon for Alpine finished eighth for four uh, for four points on the season. Daniel Ricciardo for McLaren finishes seventh, and what I believe is one of his best finishes of the year so far. Correct? Yeah, it is, and it's one of his best drives in the past three years. I would say definitely in the McLaren years, it's up there with the uh, one-two finish at Monza. Um, he he won driver of the day as well. He did great. Yeah, it's mighty fine day for him. Mexico's always been a good track for him, hasn't it been? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, so McLaren finishing seventh and ninth on the day. And look, going up to sixth place, we have Charles Leclerc earning eight points for himself and the Ferrari, mm-hmm. although that won't matter in the grand scheme of things because Red Bull has both already won the Drivers' Championship and – uh, Constructors Championship. Well, it might not matter in that regard, but Mercedes are closing. Yep. So every point you can get, Ferrari, take it. Then we'll, we'll get into the season standings and what that means later on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, fifth place for a fifth six for Ferrari, Carlos Sainz, earning 10 points. George Russell finishing just outside the podium on fourth for 13 points. I, I believe what that was. That was one of our predictions, right? That George Russell would be competitive? Yes. We we definitely saw that coming. We thought Mercedes was going to look good. And I would say we did pretty well on that. Yeah. And then, of course, we have the podium starting off with P3. Sergio Perez earning 15th points for himself and Red Bull. In his home race, I think many people wanted the script to go his way. Yes, uh, especially Griggs. <laughs> and Griggs was very much on the uh, Checo hype train. Last week. Indeed, indeed, but he is just off by 18 seconds, finishing behind the leader. 
Uh, before we get to him, though, in second place, Sir Lewis Hamilton, who ex- uh, extends the race between Mercedes and Ferrari. They're closing. And finally, in first place, taking his 14th win, Max Verstappen. Yeah, what a what a perfect race from him. Uh, didn't really have much go wrong, and I think people are starting to get bored, and I wouldn't disagree. Also, you know what I will say, though? Even though the race was boring, Max's car getting lifted onto the podium was a sight to behold. That was epic. They need to do that more. Yeah, and um, I think it was my prediction or Griggs's that we were going to see something funny happen on the podium. I thought it was going to we were going to get some sombreros because we didn't see cowboy hats this past weekend in Austin, but you know it's nice to see them doing something. Yeah, it is. It's it's very good to see. Um, I did see uh the um the crew they had sombreros, but they were not victory sombreros necessarily. They were just you know sombreros because we won yeah they they just went out and bought some good old sombreros because why not (laughs) yeah yeah exactly uh that aside we had two dnfs am i correct on that two dnfs yes you are yes uh (laughs) one of them due to a uh questionable move from daniel ricardo on yuki Sonoda causing Yuki to retire from the race and then Fernando Alonso having a mechanical failure and it's just been up and down for Senor Fernando uh I'd say that it's been a lot of highs and lows the car has potential but man he is very frustrated and yeah I mean for Fernando he's just lucky that he didn't crash out in Austin after flying through the air you know I feel like it was a do for this DNF to happen inside <laughs> of uh, Mexico. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, if the car got airborne, I'm sure some important mechanical components got shaken about. Yeah, so, something bad had to happen. Yeah, but just e- his luck. Either way, we're going to move on to the driver's standings so far this season. And another thing, uh, before we do that, I just want to bring this up. What a wonderful atmosphere. The down, vibes are great. Down there in Mexico. Fantastic job of the... Mexican fans cheering on their uh, their boys, especially Sergio Perez, who finished third. Hearing the hearing the chants of Checo ring throughout the track were awesome on uh, on Sunday and Saturday. Really enjoyed that. The racing, eh, but the vibes are immaculate. Yeah, and that's. I hope they continue to race in Mexico. You know, if we yeah got to take off a race from America and go down go south of the border, I'll always be in support of that. I'd be okay with it. On one condition, uh, they make some they make some key changes to the track, but we'll see. We'll, well see. What kind of changes do you want to see? Okay, so the stadium section uh, sucks. Um, Whoa! It looks cool. Uh, it's just it's just the track itself. I don't have I don't have any issues with going through the stadium and slowing the cars down so that all of the faithful fans can get to look at them and watch their favorite drivers go through. But make it a passing spot. Don't make it this finicky right left right and then have no good exit like it, it's it's a lot it'd be a lot better to see maybe just one medium to low speed passing corner like i don't know how you could pull that off necessarily but i think it'd be good to see some overtaking in that section versus them you know just slowing down and 
jogging over the curbs. Um, and I think I think turn two and three that that's also a chicane. Instead of instead of making that a chicane, make it a ninety degree bend, and then have a much better run onto the straightaway. It's it's a it's a chicane, and then it's a ninety degree turn. But if you lengthen that turn instead of slowing the cars down so much and making them single file and spread out the field, you can get more close racing and have a battle down the straights. Would you be in support of like a uh, was it turn fifteen in Turkey? Or yes. turn twelve, yeah. Would you be support for that for the stadium section? Yes. You think that could work? I would love that. Yeah. I think there could be also a way to lengthen out the space that's used in the stadium. There's a ton of runoff that could be made into something pretty interesting. I think for that though, it'd have to go back to the uh FIA uh requirements for licensing for a track. Yeah. And in there, you know, it's a stadium. It's not like a grassy pasture in Silverstone where you're not really running into civilians no. and that sort of thing. So yeah. that, that'd be that's definitely something they should at least try to look into, mm-hmm. but I think it'd be hard to clear. Speaking of grassy pasture in Silverstone, I went back and watched a race from 1975, and Mario Andretti literally drove through a wheat field. Yeah, uh, I can't remember what game it is, but um, it, it may have been like Autobalista or something that I was playing and it was like a 1957 Silverstone track. And like the hay bales are on the side and stuff like that. It's just amazing to go back and watch so old cool. school racing. It's so cool. And see how little they cared for safety. But how awesome is that? Uh, we love the risks. Yeah. <laughs> they, got, they got helmets on for a reason. That's why. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And speaking of risks, Ferrari's lead in the championship is in serious jeopardy following the form that Mercedes has had at Mexico. Um, and I believe how many points are separating the two constructors? Uh, right Ferrari now? currently sits at 487, while Mercedes sits at 447, so 40 points on the dot. Wow, that's that's easily closable in two races. Indeed, and with Mercedes' form, I, I think it could definitely happen. We're going to get into more predictions about the end of uh, the end of the season coming up later in this podcast. But Ben, we have. Uh, two races left on the schedule. Yes. Brazil and Abu Dhabi. Uh, I wanted to ask you this. Out of the two races, which one are you more excited for? Uh, I'm excited for Brazil. Um, definitely because of the current situation going on down there. Um, and I saw some really funny things about, uh, Max Verstappen wanting Nelson Piquet to shut up, please. (laughs) Because Nelson has some very controversial, I suppose, Brazilian political opinions. Uh, I think he's like calling for a coup because they believe yeah, yeah. the the election was rigged. Anyways, that aside, um, there's there's some unrest in Brazil that worries me, but m- might make things exciting. There might be flares and whatnot. You know, to uh, quote my dad, who's done a lot of business down in Rio and Brazil, you got one street. Don't get off that one street in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got <laughs> to be really careful. Uh, shout out to Arthur, my uh, Brazilian friend, um, and shout out to Enzo, his Brazilian friend. Um, love you guys. Anyways, that aside, um, I think the racing at Interlagos is a lot better than Abu Dhabi. 
Um, I think the scenery is more beautiful as well. Something about going under the lights on a Sunday night in uh, Saudi Arabia, <laughs> not Saudi Arabia, Abu Dhabi. But um, I think I still think Interlagos is the better track for racing, passing, and atmosphere as well. So more excited for Brazil. What about you? Uh, man, I'm very excited for Brazil, not only because it's a great racetrack down there, but it's the better of the two in yeah. terms of racing. But uh, to close us out for this last minute, Logan, do you want to say anything? They're going to go fast, real fast. Cargo. Real fast. Well, folks, we're going to take a short break here in the Bradley Basin studio. But don't touch that radio dial. We get back. Uh-uh. We have more stuff to talk yeah. about on cost, cap, and gate. That's what I'm going to call it anyway, ladies and gents. Let's go. Either way, we'll be back in a few short minutes. Don't go anywhere. And welcome back to the Bradley Basin Studio inside the Melton Student Center. I'm joined by Ben McCarkin. My name is Noah Phillips. We're going to get back to diving into the world of Formula One, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a beautiful Friday afternoon. Right back into it. Right back into it. But most importantly, folks, we got to talk about this controversy that has gripped the F1 political scene with Red Bull going over the budget amount on for spending uh, only went over by numbers of million right 1.8 million I just read on reddit that was it was actually 430,000 pounds what what is that American dollars uh that'd be about 520 US dollars well either way they are currently being fined seven million and we'll have to forfeit wind tunnel time yeah uh too little too much no what do you think um I think the wind tunnel time is going to hurt them more than the seven million. Yeah, I think so too. Indeed, and you know, uh, having a good wind tunnel sessions for your cars is very, very important because it allows you to really get inside um, inside your car's brain, so to speak. Yeah, make sure it's running good against the wind, and have your have your all aerodynamics and stuff figured out. And the reason they uh, forfeit this time is. If I remember correctly, the better you do in a season, the less time you get in the next one, right? Yep. Indeed. So Red Bull, of course, has already won the Drivers' Championship and Constructors' Championship. So they're already getting less win time than your Mercedes and Ferraris of the world. Yep. And that already puts them back. What also puts them back is the fact that it's going to be 90% less than like the other 5% that they already lost. So – they're going to have the least wind tunnel time out of anybody by a large margin. Um, that's going to really, I think that's going to make maybe a tenth of a second off of what everybody else will have in Spain, but they'll figure it out, I think. Winter testing this year is in Spain again, right? Actually, it's, no, it's, it's not. not. Yes, yeah, not. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I love seeing winter testing where it's cold, but it's actually going to be where the season opener is in Bahrain. Yep. That's that's also a great circuit down there. You remember a couple of years ago when they uh, ran the outer circuit 
Yes. I love I wish they would do that again. I, w- I like That was such a beautiful track. I loved that. having two races in the same place on back-to-back weekends. That was nice. Like having two races at the Red Bull Ring, two races at Bahrain. Um I I really did enjoy that. I loved seeing the uh the um Styrian Grand Prix and the Austrian Grand Prix in back-to-back weekends at the same track and how much a track can even change between two races. Indeed, and uh, Bahrain's a beautiful place to do it because it's one of uh, the world's real racing centers. You know, it's not like Daytona where they have an oval and a road course and your road course interacts with other stuff, you know. But in Bahrain, it's a circuit or a place built for racing, and the more times you go there, the better it is. Yeah. And provides a real challenge with the uh, desert and everything. But let's get back on topic here. We're talking about the cost cap and gate. Because everything's got to have a gate you made that. attached to it. You made that a new word, I think. Is it actually called a cost capping gate now, or is it just a cost capping? Well, you, you got to attach everything like to, to a gate that's even a An little bit political. Yeah, because of uh. our great leader Nixon. Um, <laughs> but obviously, you have uh, people like oh, let me see if I can find the quote. Like McLaren chief executive uh, Zach Brown. The bottom line is any team who has overspent has gained an unfair advantage both in the current and following year's car development. I uh, pulled that quote straight from NBC Sports. And then you have people like Christian Horner, who is Red Bull's chief principal, uh, saying stuff like, oh, well, it was spent on catering. Didn't really help the car that much. Yeah, I'm very surprised that every other team has been able to um, keep under. Congrats to them. And then, obviously, I believe it was Max Verstappen who would not do interviews this week at Mexico because no. of that. Yeah. Uh, and it's also because of the way British media has been portraying him lately. I'm not going to say – or portraying his team. I'm, I'm not going to say that it's been unfair, but you know who else did that? Who? The triple world champion Ayrton Senna. He just didn't talk to British media for eight years years didn't talk to them so yeah i think that says something yeah but ayrton center was also like affected on the track as well of course it conjures up uh, images of suzuka and starting on the wrong lane hmm. Hmm. yeah it does I, I i just yeah i would the media is much as we rely on them for information can sometimes really change things isn't that ironic that i'm talking about media through a form of media it is ironic yes but but it's also weird when you talk about sporting media because it feels yeah. like they're supposed to be the most um fair fair and honest and stuff like that you, you as an american you know we watch espn i grew up watching the speed network i don't even know if that's a thing anymore it is no longer a thing ah big tears i know jimmy spencer making fun of kurt ah ah don't get me started on that but, um, mm. you know, with sporting media, you're really supposed to be fair, but it's really, really hard in the world of Formula One, especially with how nationwide of a sport it is. Yeah, you know, here worldwide. In, yeah, here in America, you know, you got the Dallas Cowboys and the, the New York Giants, who are your big rivals. In Formula One, football, and other European sports. Everyone hates each other. Everyone hates each other. You know, it's nation versus nation over there. Yeah, it's it's 
there's there's definitely <laughs> some European nationalism associated. I would love to be a part of that. Um, shout out Andretti Motorsports Global. I would love to see you guys in Formula One. I'm sure you won't hear that, but Michael, come on. Yeah, and hey, here's my question for you, Ben. Yeah, is this going to be fought by Red Bull until winter testing? Or are we are we going to see them eventually just kind of go okay? You know what? We'll, we'll we'll stop fighting it. Just let us pay the fine. They're they're going to be the kid that got spanked because the teacher said that they did something bad, and the kid feels like they're a hundred percent sure that they didn't, and they're going to go. That's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. But they got spanked anyways, and they're just going to take it. Yep, they're going to have to go up there, move their clip, change their card. I don't know which one y'all did over there in Providence, Ben. Oh yeah, we we did the. Uh, we did the cards. We did the lights. Oh, the light the system. lights. Yeah. Oh. See, Motorsports we, from an early age. <laughs> we Red, to, yellow, and green. We had to move our clip. You know. Yeah. Some, I some, hope some, somebody gets that. So yeah, nobody's gonna understand what that means. People are like, too young nowadays. <laughs> what in the world are they talking about? We're talking about um, cost elementary. Gate. Yeah, cost capping gate, elementary school disciplinary systems spankings money catering uh and red bull i don't i don't know how red bull can can fight it anymore because they they already said we're going to take a deal and accept the consequences and not fight it so now if they were to do that they would be subject to the punishment of the fia's fullest extent and we brought up earlier how uh, Max Verstappen would not talk to media this week because of everything that's been going on and British media kind of looking, talking smack about him, really. Yeah. But do you think any of this has to do with last year's controversial finish in Abu Dhabi? I think it has something to do with it. Um, I think he's just kind of tired of people saying things. And that's okay, you know, like – Marshawn Lynch famously said about an interview, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yep. It's crazy that, you know, and even here at Auburn University, we have Harson or what used to be Harson Had. Had Harson, you know, <laughs> sit, sitting on his high horse during press conferences going, we all aren't in the meetings. Y'all just wouldn't understand. And it's really hard when you look at media, especially with Formula One, to see truth in quotes. Yeah. Because it's a lot harder to, you know, see a difference, you know. Yeah. We're looking at cars and not formations. Right. And, and another thing, too, about that is is when you when you are being – there's most of the most of the political things going on in the Formula One world right now are penalties and the FIA being challenged and then the FIA doing something, the other team saying, hey, no, that's not fair. And then the FIA coming back saying, "Oh yes, it is." And then the other teams are like, "Yes, it is." It's like it's like I don't know, siblings arguing in front of their parents. Like it, it's just it's really uh, a childish and strange game that they play in the world of Formula One right now. And I don't know, I, it's, it's, it's always, nothing like college at all. It's all it's always been a game, especially in any sort of motorsport. You know, you look. 
across this great nation, look at Le Mans, NASCAR. Yeah, what they said about Ross Chastain being a disgrace to NASCAR by passing five people by wall riding. Yeah. That kind of thing. Like, you, you can get away with that. If you can, if it's not in the rules, then do it. I'm tired of people saying, that's not in the spirit of the rules. Well, is it written down? No. Yep. That That's how you get people like uh, Dale Earnhardt and Ayrton Senna, you know, yeah. that are just true blood racers going for gaps when you see it. Yeah. And that needs to be a thing more so than people saying, well, that's not how it's supposed to be. Like, I don't care if that's how it's or how they intended it to be. If If you can find a clever way around a rule go for it indeed and you know that's kind of really showing its face here in cost cap and gate that i'm going to keep yeah. calling it i might don't get caught <laughs> yeah you know just don't get caught and you know aston martin also went over yeah but no one really cares because they're what six in the constructors right now yeah it's of no consequence that. yeah and i i sort of believe christian horner when he says oh it just like went to catering yeah, you know, especially with you now saying that it was only four hundred thousand in British pound, which is not a lot on a Formula One that's, car. That's okay. That's what I read on Reddit. I don't know if that's absolute or not. The FIA didn't say how much they overspent by. Well, I've also heard rumblings of like one point eight million. I think that's what this yeah. NBC. I've article heard people says. say in excess of a million. I've heard people say less than a million. I've heard people say half a million. It's up there, and the FIA won't say. That's their own fault. Well, anything like from five uh, five hundred thousand to two million, really for you and me, is like the difference in fifty and hundred bucks. Yeah, it, it's well, it's actually like fifty and two hundred bucks, because that's the mathematical. Well, you, you know what I mean. It, it's not a lot of money <laughs> to these teams that go out and spend millions on race cars yeah. every year yeah. trying to win. Like that's pocket change. That's a drop in the bucket of the upwards of 800 million that they're spending and before before all of the um the what's it called this the budget cap wow that was hard for me to remember but before the budget cap they were spending almost half a billion dollars to eight billion dollars or uh, 800 million dollars numbers are hard and you know it just got excessive and it's you know, a million dollars over is like, oh, we spent a million dollars? Where did that go? I, I I really do think that Red Bull wasn't trying to cheat, but I also think that they weren't keeping up with their, their spendings. Well, either way, we're going to have to take a short break here on Legal 91.1 FM. When we get back, I don't know completely what we're going to be talking about yet. We may talk about the watermelon man passing five people for all riding. <laughs> But either way, I'm sure it's going to be a whale of a time. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be back with Smooth Operators after a short break. And welcome back to Smooth Operators Podcast, Auburn's exclusive Formula One talk show. I'm your good friend, Ben McClurkin, alongside my other good friend, Noah Phillips. And we are about to just talk about Anything and everything Formula One related. Thank you, Liz, for getting the door. No, you can sit down now. <laughs> we just had the door to the studio open itself um, for the second time. Um, even though it's not Halloween, I'm pretty sure this place is haunted. Well, it's because you keep running outside to eat your lunch, Ben. Come, come on now. Eating, you're eating your salad. 
Lunchtime doesn't wait for anybody. But, I uh, had to wash my salad down with some hand sanitizer before I got in here. But we're here. We're happy to be talking about Formula One with you guys. And, well, anything else? But that before, before we get into more Formula One talk, ladies and gentlemen, I just would ask that you, if you feel so inclined, join me in singing Happy Birthday to our good friend Ben McClurkin who's sitting on the right to me <laughs> in the guys. studio. Well, folks, let's do this. Ha- we're not actually going to do that. Happy birthday, Ben. That was a dumb <laughs> idea. That, no, hey, I'm no, I wanted, you to, I wanted you to go through with it. I would love to have been serenaded <laughs> by by my buddy. Do you, you seriously awesome. want this? No. Okay, good. Okay, no. Because <laughs> I was about to do it. I, no. No. Just uh, if you'd like, you could – Send me a birthday shout-out on Twitter if you feel like it. <laughs> but, you know, looking at Formula 1, we don't have a race this week. No, we don't. And no drivers are going anywhere new. And nobody's coming out with funky new upgrades. Uh, You know what we can talk about? What can we talk about, Ben? Politics. Politics? I was Just like- kidding. <laughs> well, I-, I do want to bring this up to you. Um. Ben, I don't know if you knew this, but yeah. NASCAR is having its championship uh, this Sunday because, you know, we have a playoff system over there. Yes. Um, it'll, it'll be settled between Christopher Bell, Ross Chastain, uh, Chase Elliott, and Joe Logano. Ugh. But um, one thing I do want to bring up is the TV ratings, Formula One. Yeah. I talked about it a little bit last week. Yeah. But as – uh, NASCAR or NASCAR and Formula One are ever so competing. Yes. In this uh, ever so grateful world of of uh, motorsport, we see uh, a reported 1.3 million viewers have turned in on average heading into the uh, or headed into the 2022 campaign summer break, which is up on the average of 900,000 34,000. Uh, from for ESPN last year. last year. I'm so yes. confused, but okay. All right, and that that's for which uh, that's for Formula One. The prior ratings record beforehand in the U.S. was 748,000 set in 1995. That was the most. Yes, for Bef- what before these couple past years, I believe that would have been like uh, the United States Grand Prix. I would love to see that. I'd love to know. I'm about to look it up. I I believe it's the 1995 United States Grand Prix. Was the most viewed uh, stateside Grand Prix until this year with a million? I'm yes. still I'm still impressed at how well Formula One is doing here. Uh, you know, getting a million people means that you have a substantial number of viewers during the race but also now due to online content that number can increase because there are people you know who didn't wake up for the race or were doing something else and so there are people who are consuming formula one media stateside that don't watch the races as well like a large number of them and i think that was before i had the uh, time to watch racing uh and i even did that this year some like if if I don't have the time to watch a race, I'll consume it. I'll watch it after it's over. So that's just live viewership. So 
and that includes NASCAR as well, right? Um, yeah, and that you, changes the numbers quite a bit. You know, with the races being on Sunday, you got to compete with NFL. Right now, we have uh, the MLB postseason going on in America. Woo! And for qualifying, they're usually on Saturday. Even though those are usually more, you know, at night, you got to compete with uh, college football. So the fact that Formula One keeps seeing more and more people get into the sport is really a testament to how great this motorsport is. Yes. Because of how interested. You're not seeing Le Mans get this. I wish. You're really not seeing NASCAR get this because no. of officiating bodies that I, I keep. Ugh, ugh. The rules in NASCAR are so convoluted right now. Yes. But I but. can't wait to watch Six cars, five cars go around a track that matter, and then the other ones four, not. Four, four cars four, that matter? Four. They go from... It's it's Ross and Ross, Joey. Chase, Joey, and Christopher Bell. Chris Bell. I don't even know how Christopher Bell got into it. Like, what I don't in either. the world happened there? Uh, oh, he must have won. He, he yeah, won a race I'm there. sure he won a race. <laughs> Winning a race is also a big deal in NASCAR. That's something that's kind of overlooked. Well, if you win, you automatically get into the next round of the playoffs, or if you're not in the playoffs yet, into the playoffs if yeah. it's the regular season. It's very Which confusing. is so one of the reasons that F1 has really seen a resurgence here in because America. Because of NASCAR's bad rules? Well, because of NASCAR's overall decline in general. And nobody's yeah. really watching uh, ISMA. IMSA? Uh, IMSA, however you say it, yeah. Yeah, that's... It's just such a hard sport to watch because outside of the 24 hours of Daytona, it's like the 12 at Sebring, yeah. uh, the two they have at Watkins Glen. Which Petit Le Mans at Coda. No, and Petit Le Mans is... is uh, Road, not, Road, uh, no, Road Atlanta. Yeah, Road Atlanta, yeah. We love Road Atlanta. But, yeah, that aside, um, those series have never been the premier series, right? Like IMSA or um, WEC over there um, in Europe, and I think some here too, like the Porsche Super Cup Series or GT3 Racing or LMDH or LMP1 or LMH, any of those. Those are not the pinnacle, you know. NASCAR is the peak American closed-wheel series, and – Formula One is the peak open world series worldwide, and so they kind of compete for views here. Indeed, and uh, this past Sunday, uh, I've actually found the actual TV ratings. Uh, these are from lastworldsports.com, with the Mexican GP having a TV rating of 0 0.55 and an audience of 1,029,000. Wow. Which is up from 2021, who had 968,000 people man so you continue to see just the outpour of support formula one has inside of uh not only the u.s but um nationwide as well which it, it already sort of had you know i don't think it's yeah. ever been as popular as uh soccer slash football in in europe and other slash countries football slash football slash foot Football, like all of that, whatever. However, you say the ball or the game where you kick a round ball and try and score in the opposing team's net outside with 11 men on the field. That one, 
yeah, that's another big competition. And that's becoming a big competition with uh, Formula One here stateside, too, because you've got your games that are played at the same time uh, over there as well. So, Noah, what are you, what are you pulling up? The uh, uh, Martinsville versus yeah, Mexico pulling up ratings? Martinsville. So, Martinsville had, where is it, a 1.52 Nelson rating uh, and a 2.54 million household viewers. Wow. Which, of course, is more than Formula One. But here's the 18 to 49 demographic, which is what Formula One's trying to win over, and it's very smart they're trying to do that. NASCAR averaged uh, 477,000, and Formula One had 400,059. So just off. And you can see them ever so slightly creeping into that lead. They're trying to knock off the big boy on the block. Indeed. And just to put into – words how popular F1 and NASCAR have become in recent years. The NHRA Camping World Drag Racing Series. Which is sick. Which is sick. From Las Las Vegas on FS1 averaged a 0.16 Nielsen family rating with 276,000 viewers, which is up from last year. Wow. Just to put into context how big this sport is. If you ever feel the desire to watch cars go 300 plus miles an hour watch the nhr racing because i found that it's very exciting also very scary they they sometimes the cars rip themselves apart indeed and we brought this up earlier i was talking about the speed network i used to wake up every morning before school and watch monster trucks yeah and drag races yeah you know that was like one of the few tv channels we had as a kid and and um What's his name? Work on cars. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, counting cars. That TV show. No, no, that was on Discovery. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of that guy with the long hair, long-ish hair, and he would be like, "Good morning, everybody. Today we are going to be working on this 1993 Ford Ranger, and we're going to turn it into a pre-runner desert truck. That kind of thing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah, what you're like, talking about. Those, uh, I, I those can't rebuild trucks. I can't. In cars. Oh, and stuff I can't like remember that. the name yeah. of that. All oh. they did was American stuff. Was it, was it the guys in Las Vegas? No. No, that's not who I'm, Yeah, that's not who you're thinking of. No. It was just, they, they were pretty normal dudes, and they built pretty normal cars. Well, anyway, just to recap, Formula One is on the rise, not only here in America, but everywhere across the globe. These viewership numbers keep pouring in. Yeah, they do. Especially when they have to compete with NASCAR and other sports here in the States. Yes, so... If you've just joined us, that's what we've been talking about for the last 15 minutes. It's been pretty enjoyable, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Getting you... on some tangents. Greg, we miss you, buddy. Shout out to uh, Greg Blankenberg, our co-host and good friend. Uh, he is still interviewing Katie Johnson at the moment. Let's hope Katie Johnson hasn't pulled the gremlin face and beaten Greg's up yet for asking <laughs> a bad question. Well, on that note, I think we're going to take us a little break. Ben has that sound. That sounds all right to me. When we come back, though, we will be talking about more Formula One odds and ends, maybe some random moments that we've witnessed in our uh, time as viewers. How does that sound? Don't go anywhere, folks. More smooth operators just after this. Oh, welcome back, everybody, to Smooth Operators, Wiggle 91.1 FM's exclusive Formula One podcast. We are in the Bradley Basin studio here in Auburn, Alabama. It's a lovely, beautiful Friday. 
Uh, it's also my birthday. Shout out to me. Um, anyways, Noah and I are here to talk to you guys about some F1 oddities. What is the weirdest thing we have ever seen in Formula One, past, present, <laughs> and future? So, oh God, I, uh, I, I think know. I think it's a loaded question. I, it is a loaded it's question. A heavy topic. You know what I think I'm going to go with, even though I wasn't around to see it? What's that? The United States Grand Prix at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, where all the tires just kept, like, blowing up during practice. Yeah, and there was, like, seven cars that raced. Yeah. I, I thought it was, like, three. No, no, no. It was Seven? Uh, it was three teams. Yeah. yeah and then one car <laughs> from another team after the first – well, they, there, was a, there was a team. So, like, okay, so you had Michelin and Bridgestone, right? Back in the day, you had you had two rival teams, Bridgestone, known stateside as Firestone, which also sponsors IndyCar. Fun fact. Um, anyway, that's my fun fact of the day. Anyways, <laughs> you uh, and the teams running the uh, Bridgestone tires, I believe, had several tire failures on uh, turn one of the Indy 500 layout, which is off of the Grand Prix layout. So you come out onto the bank, and then you load up the tires, and then you accelerate super hard down the straight, and then boom, yep, your tire goes, no mas, and you go careering into the wall. So you had the teams that were running the failing tires were like, all right, we're not doing this, except for, um, I think it was Minardi. Minardi was just like, we're going for it. Yeah. And uh, we're going to go really slowly and get up get some points like they had asked every team to protest and the teams that said no didn't show up except minority who said yes and then showed up anyways and wound up getting seventh place and that actually moved them up a spot in the constructor standings another fun fact anyways yeah so there was seven cars and the field was super strung out because the ferraris were good that year and the jordans were not good that year and the fans were really upset and throwing trash onto the racetrack and, like, <laughs> flipping off cameras and fighting each other. The, the average American consumer right there. Yeah, it reminds <laughs> me of uh, it reminds me of a Browns game. A Browns game? I, I thought you were going to go with Tennessee right there. You know, they threw the mustard on the field. That was funny. A year ago. That was hilarious. That was really funny. But, you know, the other part about that is it's really ruined uh, Formula One coming back to Indianapolis, because I'm sure they want to race at the Brickyard. Yeah, you know how historic that track is, dog. Yeah, I mean they had they had one World Championship Grand Prix there back in the day, um, but nowadays, I think I think the cars just have too much downforce for it to be an interesting race. Well, I don't think they would race like on the um, oval. I well, think yeah. I think they would race the road course. The road course isn't that good either. Though. Yeah, it's not, but, you know. Running running the road course onto the uh, rectangle or oval or whatever you want to call it. I'm going to call it a rectangle because it looks rectangular-ish. Anyways, running onto that is where they have the tire failures, and these Pirellis are way softer than what yeah. they had back in 2005. So, that said, if, if they were to do something like that, they could put a chicane in or something to slow the cars down and get them off of entering the bank at speed. But that's yeah, my two But spots. then you got like a uh, NASCAR on the Daytona road course scenario. I don't know if you I don't know if you've ever watched that race. No. But 
obviously when uh they run the day to uh, 24 hours they go straight from turn four into uh, the a, oval into the into that 90 degree turn yeah. yeah but when nascar when they ran it they ran a chicane just before the fin- uh, start finish line huh and it was terrible Oh, I'm sure that went over terribly. I don't know yeah. why you would put it there. Sometimes, guys, like, we don't have any experience in motorsports, but I swear, <laughs> Noah and I know way more about track design than some of these jokers running running Grand Prix. Uh, that said, I've never driven a race car, so like, maybe well, we, we've, bo- we've both played the F1 game, and that's what matters. I don't play the F1 game. You still play racing games. Yeah, I play a lot of racing it's games. Basically, I, the same I drive. Thing. I drive all the tracks, and I know what's wrong with them and what's good about them. So that, yeah, I guess I have that. I drove a simulator once. It was Forza, and I was driving an open wheel. Yeah, I think it was an Indy car. Actually, this is a long time ago. This memory just came back for me. It was actually at the world famous Peanut Festival, which is going yeah. on. Yeah. This week and next week, if you feel so inclined, you need no, to go. No, 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 don't listen to me. No. Why not? They have a, they have a greased pig catching contest. Um, they also oh. have a beauty pageant. Me, um, me and Ben are, like, from the same area. I don't know if anybody's ever yeah. caught on to that. Yeah, so we, we both know what the Peanut Festival we know, is. We know all about the Peanut <laughs> Festival. Man, it is hype. The atmosphere is electric. <laughs> Uh, the ride speed. <laughs> yeah, you know they got speed. Uh, they got speed. They, they got, got an NASCAR one. They do have an NASCAR yeah. one. They have Fireball. They have the Indy Five Hundred. Remember the Indy Five Hundred? Yep, yeah, Five Hundred. They yeah. do. Um, there was a Ferrari on the Indy Five Hundred ride. It was an F two thousand and four. I remember that because last time I was, I went, I was like, oh, that's a Ferrari. Why would they have a Ferrari at Indy? But you know, it's a fair ride. That's besides the In point. the deep south. So I guess, you know, red cars go vroom. Anyway. <laughs> I have a I have a great uh candidate for uh non wait uncontext no 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 context uh smooth operators on my Twitter now. I'm the, using that. The peanut festival? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh man. Uh, well, let's probably we should probably end this by uh, actually talking about actual racing. Yeah, we should peanut festival. <laughs> we should. Um so at the peanut festival, <laughs> there's this ride that uh, that you sit in. Okay, no, we need. Okay, okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. You okay, sit in. Ben, you sit ben. in every ride there, but you go around this big circle very quickly, and it spins you while you're doing that. It's like a hundred. You're suspended a hundred feet off the ground. It's really cool. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, uh, Ben, let me ask you this. Uh, you got any foreseeable predictions about uh, the last two races? That maybe we're gonna see this weekend. Not obviously the races are not this weekend. We have a week off. Yes. But do you think anything happens this week that affects it? Mm, I think my birthday present to me will be two very very processional races with Max Verstappen winning by twelve plus seconds, and then the midfield battle being pretty interesting. I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, I haven't even been able to look at any of the form of the teams. That'll come. Probably next Friday, but I think that we will see Lewis Hamilton getting another second place, George Russell getting another fourth place. I don't think we'll ever have a one-two this season. There will not be two constructors that finish first and second. 
Well, folks, that's all the time we have for today. We just wanted to thank you for listening in to WEGL 91.1 FM's uh, exclusive Formula One Hey, here's show. Griggs. Here's Griggs Blankenberg. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, my oh, goodness. Finish it Wait, off, Griggs. Finish, finish it, it off. We're doing the outro? Yes. Yeah, outro. Well, thank you we're, for we're listening to Smooth Operators, everyone. If you missed any of today's show, you can check it out on any podcast bar if you want. We'll be back here same time, same place next week. For Ben McClurk and Noah Phillips, me coming in right away from running from the arena, I'm Griggs Blankenberg. Everyone have a good day and War Eagle. That's all we have today for Smooth Operators, Weagle's exclusive F1 show. In case you missed some of the show or just want to relive all your favorite parts, check us out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Till next time, this has been the smoothest operators of Weagle 91.1 FM.